yourself If you ain't on that, won't nothing else help Life, liberty, pursuit of happiness You ain't with that, you probably living like savages Health, wealth, knowledge yourself If you ain't on that, won't nothing else help Life, liberty, pursuit of happiness You ain't with that, you probably living like savages With the minds right and shines like From the highest heights to the deepest darkest depths And ignites with delight what up, good people? Welcome to episode 171 of the Project Group Podcast. This, my friends, is your holistic and that good old common sense pursuit of health and wellness. If you don't know how we get down in these streets, we're talking all things health, all things wealth, all things knowledge of self. What does that look like? How am I eating? How am I thinking? How am I moving? How am I operating? Am I able to see myself? Do I know myself? Do I know my triggers? Do I understand what turns me on, what turns me off, what causes me to rise to the occasion, what causes me to cower? I need to know these things. I need to know these things before anybody else knows these things. That's what we're talking about. I'm your host, Baby Rook the Great. And if you're wondering who the hell told me I'm great, I'm wondering who the hell told you that you were not. Better yet, how long are you going to keep playing this thing small? How long are you going to keep living less than your best? Because the fact that you can hear me, the fact that you're here lets me know the transmission is on you, baby. It's in you. You wouldn't be able to get it otherwise. There's something in you that knows that it's something more for you out there. It's something more in you. It ain't just on you, it's in you. So what's going on, good people? What's going on in the streets? Better yet, spare me the details. I ain't even interested. Other than your streets, you good, your family good, you loving on somebody, somebody loving on you. The important things, it's one of my favorite quotes from Alter Carbon. focus on the most important thing to you in the world. I'm jacking it up, but essentially that's what it is. What's most important to you? That's what you put your attention on. That's what you put your everything into. That's what you bring to life. That's what you feed. The events that we see happening across the country small and large, is because we are the battery. We are feeding it. This is the hardest thing you're going to find in this whole process of really living an exceptional life. Are you willing, Are how well are you at pulling away from the system? Can you turn away from the machine? Because to the average man, to the average woman, that means I'm doing nothing. And I don't know how to do nothing. So what's going on, good people? Today's going to be a little bit different. This episode is going to be recorded on YouTube. I know we talked about this before, but I get a little too um, over the top up here to take everything on YouTube. So I got to do these <laughs> on a case-by-case basis. But it's probably been in the last five years, hell, I don't know. We might have we had five guests up here, maybe. And mainly, I've, I've shared why. I, I, I'm really checking for that shit most people talking about, just to be honest. Regurgitating the same thing. Nobody actually, you know what I want us to make great again? Make people who give a damn about what they're doing, how they're doing it, and why they're doing it great again. That's what I care about. That's Those are the type of people I want to talk to. Those who, you know, doing things a little bit different. And so I got a special guest today. And hell, he's internationally known. So as seen on Joe Rogan, as seen on uh, InfoWars with Alex Jones, as seen on Gutfield, as seen on Pierce Morgan, hell, he was just seen on Megyn Kelly, as seen on the social media streets, just wrecking havoc. 
co-host of the Hotep's Been Told You podcast every Thursday, 8 p.m. YouTube Rumble. Hotep Jesus, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I just want to say something about you're like a master brander. You know, I'm like all into marketing and branding, but like your intro is very consistent and it's great branding. And I absolutely love it. I'm in love with the way you brand the intro of your videos. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. So let's jump into this thing. Mm-hmm. First, and I know you've explained this before, but for the folks who don't know, how did this whole Hotel Jesus thing come about? Mm, how did it come about? Um mostly because I was speaking my mind Um, and I'm a capitalist and uh, I love money. And, uh, you know, ever since I was a kid, I love money. And um, we were having some issues in the black community with police violence, the Mike Brown story, Tamir Rice, et cetera, et cetera. And um, I, I lent my voice to those issues because I was very, very pro-Black once upon a time. And um, people didn't like what I had to say. But I also have like this split personality where I can be serious, I can be goofy, and I can be super spiritual. And I have time periods where I maintain one longer than the other. So at some point... You know, I was, you know, speaking very spiritual, was speaking about black issues, et cetera, et cetera. And um, somebody said, uh, what do you think you are? Some sort of Hotep Jesus? That's how Hotep Jesus was born. But um, and when I saw that on my screen, I was like, damn, that's got a ring to it. Like, I got to like, yeah, I am. I am Hotep Jesus. That's exactly what it is. And they were a hater, some probably some burner account, some Fed account. I don't know who it was. I don't remember. It wasn't anybody important. But um, so that's how I became Hotep Jesus, but Hotep Nation formed because I guess you could say the um, right wing of the black community is misnomered as Hoteps, you know, in, you know, 60s and 70s, this is how we greeted each other in the conscious movement. You know, you say Hotep as a greeting and an exit, et cetera, et cetera. And um, then the black left sort of took over following Black Lives Matter, AstroTurf by a lot of you know, big money. And uh, they chose Hoteps as their target as, you know, uh, you know, trying to eliminate a certain mindset from the black community. And they started calling us Hoteps. And um, I didn't like that very much. So I decided to, you know, own it, take control of the title and exalt it. And I remember when we first started the movement, some kids said to me, you know, you you, sh- you guys shouldn't go buy Hotep and Hoteps because it's not marketable. It's like, you know, I do marketing. Like, that's what I do, bro. Like, I didn't say anything. I just laughed in my head. And here we are, Hotep mainstream. So, yeah, that's that's the quick story behind it all. So, <clears throat> I know you get into marketing, you get into crypto, three-time author, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. How we roll over here, though, we don't we are less interested in what you do and more interested in who you are. Okay. so we got Hotep Jesus, right? Who's the man behind Hotep Jesus and what what sets him on fire? What sets his soul on fire? Damn, it's a good question. Um, I don't know. Um, I uh, 
of shit. I, I think so. All right. So I guess I would have to come back to, um, you know, what is intelligence and, um, you know, people measure intelligence by the IQ test. I wouldn't measure intelligence by that because there's various intelligences. I would say intelligence should be measured by how conscious and aware you are. So, um, you know, I pride myself in being conscious and, you know, self-conscious in a positive um, definition of the term, but like always checks and balances and self-auditing. So like optimizing my internal system um, of who I am and how I think and what I think. And, you know, even like every, every interaction with every individual I have, you know, after it's done, I'm always auditing and saying, you know, what could I have done better? What could I have done better? So, you know, it's just like always optimizing me and wanting to be better. Um, you know, I, I don't know why I, I think I'm in some ways, I just think I'm hardwired like that where, and I was the only child. So I had a lot of time to self-reflect. So, uh, you know, childhood probably has a lot to do with it because, you know, we didn't have social media, you know, like it exists today when I grew up. So I spent a lot of time alone, a lot of time reading and a lot of time just reflecting and just observing life and observing people and interacting with people and, practicing my own form of psychology on people. When I was a kid, it was more um, menacing and mischievous, you know, like how do I get underneath this person's skin, right? Um, and then and through that, I started to understand, okay, well, this is how, you know, different types of people become upset. So then, you know, you can, I guess, reverse engineer that and make people love you. Um, so yeah, I, I practiced a lot of, you know, just self auditing, but why? I don't know. I don't, I just, I do I don't know. I just, it's just who I am, I guess. And just, I just, you know, I, you know, I think a lot of it, you know, what a lot motivates me is just seeing dumb people, seeing ignorant people. <laughs> like, for example, I could be chilling and um, doom scrolling on the internet, you know, looking for something to throw in the grift bag. And then I'll see a certain tweet that just shows like massive ignorance. And I hate reading, but I read a lot. But like when I see ignorance, I go, I don't want to be that. And then I just immediately open up my, my book app and I just start reading um, because I'm so fearful of being ignorant and appearing ignorant um because it's just a huge detriment to our society right now it's just people just you know speaking without knowing right. you know i always use this example of um people run around talking about george orwell in 1984 right in that book and I, I remember being on the internet one day seeing something and saying yo this is right out of 1984 but then I checked myself. I'm like, yo, bro, did you even read that book? Did you even read Animal <laughs> Farm? <laughs> like, no, nah, I didn't. I'm like, yo, you a fraud. So I stopped mm. right there and like downloaded the book, downloaded Animal, Animal Farm, and then just read them. And then after that, I was like, well, I need to become an expert in Orwell. So I read, you know, 90% of his work that exists I could find on the internet. 
and really tried to understand who you who he was. Found out he was a Fabian socialist. So some people would rebuttal and say, "Well, you're using these things to combat or, or rebuttal communism and socialism." But Orwell himself was a socialist, and I'm thinking to myself, "Well, who better to expose socialism?" than a person who was a part of socialism, right? <laughs> like that's exactly who you want to hear from. Not somebody on the outside, somebody inside. And he was part of that Fabian socialist society that brought about a lot of the socialism. But anyway, getting back to the point, you know, it was just, you know, I guess, you know, um, you know, I, I don't want to be normal. You know, I want to be exceptional. I want to be great. I want to, you know, I want to have a legacy. Um, you know, uh, you know, also, I guess it's like a fear of death. Um, I have this fear of death. Like sometimes I'm like, you know, if I died today, I'd be happy. But then otherwise, uh, other times I'm like, nah, we got a lot more work to do. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, it's still so much more I can do. So there's this like, you know, I think this is probably amongst masculine men where you want the world to remember you when you're gone. I want monuments, you know, 30 feet high um, with my, you know, with my likeness on them. I want to be, you know, internationally known. I want to be talked about in history books. So I just have this innate, like, I don't know, emperor mentality. Like, you know, I'd give you like a little nugget. I usually share this with people privately. I've never said this publicly, but, um, you know, people say, you know, who do you think you are? Jesus? And I'm like, nah, I'm not Jesus. I'm Julius Caesar. <laughs> hey, <laughs> um, which is funny because later, later on, you get Caesar Borgia, who becomes the likeness of Jesus in, the, in right. the artwork, whatever, whatever. But when I say Julius Caesar, it's just because I resonate with a story where, you know, his family goes from, you know, aristocracy to basically kicked out of the aristocracy. And he has to rebuild the legacy of his family you know, from scratch. So he's becomes a, a, an ordinary person, a rank and file, joins the military, has a bunch of military accomplishments, and then eventually becomes the first emperor of Rome. So I, I, I identify with that story because it's sort of like, you know, you went from the top to the bottom back to the top. And my story is like that, where, you know, my family, I always talk about this, you know, where my mom and dad came from poverty, but became affluent through hard work, dedication, uh, discipline. And then, you know, I was supposed to, you know, follow that. But instead, I fell off, like, into a deep, deep trench. And, um, you know, my future was very uncertain at one point. And then I got it together. And um, now I'm like, yeah, I'm Caesar. I'm I'm an emperor. I'm going to own my own country one day, <laughs> right? Like this is, <laughs> you know, these are the goals I have. But it's just like you know, like when it comes to goals, you know, um, you know, I um, uh, I, I I I try to set them astronomically high because you know I just feel like I have the potential uh, to to reach them like astronomical. Like when I say I'm going to have my own country one day, like. Like that's a goal. Like, you know, I'm not, that's not something, you know, people are like, Oh, you really think that's possible? I'm like, well, I'm thinking beyond that. Like, what do I do after I get my country? Right, <laughs> you know, right, what do right. I do after I buy my Island and, and create my own society and culture. Right. These are the things I'm thinking about, but, um, 
I have my whole life mapped out, you know, from here on through uh, becoming emperor. So, you know, if for me, it's like sometimes I forget my why because I just know my plan and my path. Right. So let me ask you this. At what point did you know that you were a man? And I'm not talking about turning 18. Like, like what point in your process, like, it hit you, damn, I'm a man. And that switch went off like I, it it alerted you that, okay, I got to do things different. Like I'm stepping into this, I've stepped into this now. That's a really good question. These questions are amazing. Oh my God. Um, so I, let's start with my struggle to become a man. Um, you know, early twenties, you know, I would say things to my dad, like I'm a man, I'm a man. But really, I was trying to convince myself, you know, like in hindsight, I'm like, I was trying to convince myself. But I think I, I knew I became a man when I didn't care about becoming a man. Mm. You know, that that's that's when it it really dawned on me that I was coming to this realization of, you know, like, what does it even mean to be a man? Like, you know, like, you know, it, it's very much a, a, a subjective question. You know, it even comes back to what's a high value man, right? Like everybody that says what a high value man is, is going to answer that question based upon their own values and their value system. Whereas some people would say, you know, high value man has to do with, you know, money and obtaining a certain lifestyle. Whereas I'm thinking of a high value man is, you know, what are your morals and virtues? Um, that to me, cause you could have all the money in the world and you can still be a douchebag. Is that a high value man because he's got a million bucks? Does that, is that what really makes a man? Um, but yeah, I would say, you know, I, I, you know, um, I became a man when I stopped caring about becoming a man and really just focused on the day-to-day, -day, um, operations of myself and like, you know, what has to be done to reach the next goal and, and, and disciplining myself to do that. And I think a lot of that stuff unfolds in the middle of turmoil in the middle of calamity and disaster in your life. Um, for example, another thing I always say is, you know, everybody's a spiritual guru when the sun is shining and the birds are chirping and everything's fine, but are you a guru in the middle of the storm? And um, I'm a type of person who, um, like, I'm better under pressure. Like, the more, more you put me under pressure, the better I get. So you know, as I matured in life and started to have relationships with various people, how I manage those relationships comes, I guess it comes back to emotional intelligence, how I manage those relationships really started to form, you know, becoming a man. You know, I, I would say one thing is um, the need to tell people your opinion is, is, is one thing that I covet. You know, I would, I would, um, like I said, audit these relationships and conversations I have with people and afterwards, I'd be like, did you even need to express your opinion? Like, did you need to? You know, was that necessary? Did you get anywhere? How, how did that make that relationship flourish? And then now I move back into Now I'm in a space where I just listen to people talk now. And then just like sort of take notes and catalog it in my mind, you know, as a study almost. But the need to say, hey, you know, um, I was right. Or the need to argue. Right. Like back in the day, everything for me was an argument. Like I had to argue. You said something crazy. I had to argue. 
But now it's like somebody says something. I'm like, oh, okay. That's pretty interesting. <laughs> right? So right. that to me is what made me believe I was becoming a man is, is having a high level of emotional intelligence, not wanting to just like put your opinion on, on other people. So how would you define men's health? I, I hear very little about it. Mm. So I don't know what people consider, like what people think of. For women, typically we think childbirth. We associate that part with women's health. Um, any sort of reproductive, you know, that that aspect, we think of mental health. But I don't know anything that comes to mind with the phrase men's health. So how would you define it and and what would you say that looks like to you? Well, um, you know, I think we got to start with mental health. Uh, you know, your mental health is going to dictate how the rest of your health um, happens um, for the most part. Like I know uh, one individual, he's, you know, it's like my little brother almost. And um, he's gotten really big in the gym, got all these muscles, but his mind still isn't right. He still struggles mentally. So, you know, you can equate mental health to the physical and sometimes the the mental health doesn't always, you know, create um, good physical. Sometimes physical is just a desire to change. Sometimes, sometimes, you know, changing your physical body is a cope. You know, you feel like, oh, I have to have these muscles because I'm lacking in, you know, financial area or I'm lacking in, you know, I have some sort of um, insecurity I'm trying to cover up with muscles. And, um, I know what that's like because, you know, I was, you know, I've done that like three times in my life where I was like, I was skinny and, you know, I was just like, I'm going to bulk up. So I just bulked up and I got these big muscles, but it was like, what about your mind? Right. So, you know, mental health to me is, is really most important. And, and you know what, like mental health for men is tough, man. It's tough because, um, you ain't got nobody to talk to, <laughs> you, <can't, laughs> you know, you you can't you can't talk to women and you can't talk to the homies um you know uh i don't i don't i don't personally i don't talk to anybody about anything wrong in my life i i i um uh first of all i don't think they'd understand the troubles i go through um so they couldn't help me um so, yeah, I and I also advise men not to speak to people about their problems, mostly because, you know, uh, when you're a man and you're an emperor, you know, those things are going to be used against you. And I've had that happen in the past where, you know, you 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 give people your secrets and they use them against you. Um, you know, so you as a man, you know, you have this this uh, necessity to protect yourself. You know, first and foremost, you have to protect yourself from enemies. And as a man, you have many enemies. Um, so, you know, so who does a man actually talk to? Um, and that's why I think some men, you know, do the OnlyFans thing or go to the, the strip club because that's actually a really safe place to do it. Because if you're on OnlyFans, it's anonymous. She doesn't know who you are. You get to talk to her. Um, and it's a woman, so it's sort of like a sensitive, you know, feminine vibe. Um, and same thing in the strip club, like 
yeah, she's a stripper, but like, are you going to see her out in real life anywhere? Like, and is she going to be interacting with your community, your network, your circle? Probably not, especially if you're out of town. So, you know, I think that's why so many men go to these different places. And I think in some ways that's, it's, it's not good, but it's a lot safer than telling your friends, <laughs> friends, right. Right? right? So, yeah, I just think that, um, you know, um, men don't have outlets to, of you know, to speak and, and to intervent. And, and um, we can't cry. You can't cry as a man. That's not, it's not a thing we can do. Um, so you can't, you can't let it out that way. So you have to, the challenging part is finding ways to, to deal with your demons um, without being a bitch, you know? Um, Cause you know, if you're a bitch, you got to deal with that. You know, you got to deal with that. It's not somebody else seeing you cry. It's the fact that I saw myself cry and I'm like, yo, you a bitch, you know? So there's this, there, and, and it's like, you know, you, you got to build, and I'm speaking subjectively about me. And it was just like, yo, you got to build like a really rough rock exterior and rock interior. Uh, so as not to be penetrated um, so that you can accomplish all the things you want to accomplish. Cause we don't have time to be slowed down by emotions. So what happens is sometimes you just, you block it out, right? You just, you, you, you build a, 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 a calcification around a part of you. And, and then at some point it breaks, right? <laughs> or, mm -hmm. or some individual breaks it. And then now you have to confront those emotions again. And then, so what do you do? You just build more calcification, right? You're like calcify, calcify, calcify. And it, you know, becomes a, a, a crazy cycle. I don't know how long I'll be able to keep it up, but, um, Probably, um, I'll probably wait till I'm dead or, or on my deathbed. And then I'll be like, yo, here's what's wrong with me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I, you know, and I'd probably only tell it to like one person and I'd be like, don't tell the world. Right. Um, and I want my biography to be a complete lie. You know, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> he never had emotions. He was cold. He never, you know, like all these things, right. You want to tell the world, but, um, yeah, health for men is is it's really about, you know, mental health and, you know, um, I've heard you speak about this past of like how hard it is for a man to survive compared to a woman, and it's true, you know, it, it's it, you know, nobody gives a damn about men. I don't give a damn about men, you know. Like if a man came to me, like there's 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 guys that I've counseled, and um, I've said to him on the phone like, Yo, "You sound like a bitch." <laughs> I, I no, that's it. good. No, that's good. <laughs> right, I, just I say like... I say the same to ladies. Do <laughs> I do. <laughs> it's yeah. a time. It's a time for just the real. Yeah. You know. So no, I I I I think just the way is how I'm. You know, my mother just was tough, hard nosed, so mm. straight, no chaser type of lady. Um, she got soft now. She had grandkids and got soft, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, she and I and I just appreciate that. Like I appreciate the real. Give it to me. Like I I don't I don't want you to sugarcoat this thing. I want it to hurt so good. Yes. So yes. that I can get back to like I need that. And that's what someone sent me a message and was like, Rook, you know, it's it, actually a couple people. 
I think it was one on um, the email me and then one on Twitter. And it was like, I think what you're doing is great. I think you could reach more people. Oh, this shit. <laughs> I think you could reach more people if, you know, your approach wasn't this, if you would, you know, what's that language that people like to use? Um, if you weren't, it's not judging people, but whatever it is, the idea that you're chastising people, that mm. your tone is too aggressive, it's too abrasive. And I was like, hey, well, that ain't what I'm here for. So I, I mean, it's an act of protection, right? Because mm. I only connect with those who are in sync with me. Right. I'm automatically, the losers are gonna weed themselves out. So that's a blessing. Yeah. Um, but no, we got enough of bitch assness. Bitch assness is covered. You know, <laughs> we we got enough of that. I, I think it was David Goggins who said, We need teachers, we need lawyers, we need doctors. Right? But we also need gorillas. Mm-hmm. You know, we also need <laughs> some gangsters. We also need like, and it's nothing wrong. This is what know thyself is. Like you gotta know. This is digging into yourself. This is where people I think are lost. And as you were talking about men's mental health, so I pulled the stats, right? Depression, one in three. Suicide for men, four times higher. And this was as of 2021, four times higher than women. I have never seen a national promotion. I've never seen any of these organizations, right? None of these, we are for the community. We are, you know, I guess... Pro-black means everything other than men. That's what it appears to, because I don't see men included in this piece. But it was an interesting stat that I saw that between 2008 and 2018, men under 30, right? The percentage of men under 30 who had zero female sexual partners since the age of 18 rose from 8% to 27%. Oh, my Lord. What's happening? <laughs> mm. What's happening? We got obesity. Had a brother want to go back and forth about women being obese. Yeah, we fat as hell. I, I'm anybody who's ever followed me. No, follows me. No, I ain't never backed off the women. Right? Women say that men shouldn't involve themselves in women's business. Well, hey, that's what I'm here for, baby. So I got it. I got it. So I've never given women an easy escape out of the realities that we need to face right but fellas the numbers say your your fat ass is fatter than the women so what's happening what do you think Mm. is happening what's what's well there's a lot to unpack there i want to go back to what you said before about gorillas you know like i got the same thing that's why i knew what you was about to say when people said you know ali shakur you were you, you know, if you change your tone, you reach more people. And I'm like, my goal isn't to reach more people, right? And, right? and like you said, you know, those minds that won't resonate with Rook or Hotep Jesus, somebody else will resonate with those minds and they'll be able to help them. But, you know, I, you know, I, some people need a softer, a softer touch. I remember, you know, this one person came to me and they said, um, they were on all these anxiety meds, this, that, and so forth. And so I asked him, I said, um, are you homeless? He said, no. So who you live with? My mom. Y'all living good? Y'all eating good? Yeah, we got three hots in a cot. Okay. 
Uh, do you have cancer? No. AIDS? No. Are you suffering from any disease? No. So there's nothing wrong with you. No, I'm just depressed. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, do you know what it's like to grow up in Guatemala? El Salvador, Venezuela, or Chile? Are you familiar with what those people go through? And as I started to explain what this lifestyle is, they started to realize how stupid they were to be unhappy about the problems they have. I'm like, somebody in Chile would trade with you in an instant. They drop everything and leave and trade with you in an instant. And if you were to sit in their shoes, you wouldn't last a day. So don't you think you should be thankful for the things that you have in your life? You know, so, you know, they reached back out a year later, said, yo, I'm off meds and I feel good. Thank you for your help. <laughs> 20 minute conversation. <laughs> so right. what happened between them speaking to me and them speaking to their doctor that I was able to get them off meds in 20 minutes that, you know, wasn't happening with the doctor because the doctor was choosing that bitch ass approach, right? Let me console you. Obviously they're incentivized to keep you on meds because that's how they get paid. But um, I wasn't getting paid. I had no, no incentive. And I hate having dependent people. I hate people depending on me. It just skews me out. I'm just like, yo, stop being a bitch. Like, ugh, you know, like stand on your own too. But yeah, you know, um, our approach is going to resonate with a certain demographic of people and those people need us and they need to hear what we, you know, what we got to say and, and, and how we say it. And I think our approach is great. Um, you know, there's, um, there's a lot of people on the internet and um, the the only person I listen to to reset me is Rook the Great. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, when I'm um, when I'm like, you know, those thoughts of doubt come into my mind, I just turn on one of your videos, and after I'm done, I'm like, yeah, I was tripping, and then I'm I'm just back zoned in. So your approach works for me, um, but again, you know, I think you have to be hardwired a certain way, and. You know, whoever is going to resonate with you is going to resonate with you. If they're not, they're not. Um, but as far as men and obesity, I think the big issue is um, uh, um, white collar work and sports. When I was a kid and you was a young boy, you had to play sports or otherwise you was you was corny. You know, nobody, nobody, res nobody respected you. You know, even the biggest geek, he was on the field with us. You know, um, when I was when I was 18, 19, 20, this is post high school, we'd get together on Saturday and we'd play football, tackle, no pads, with the football team. Like we 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 used to play against another high school football team. You know, those kids they were in high school, we were out of high school, so we was grown men versus real football players, and we played football tackle. And you fall down, you get hit up, you hit your head, and you get up, and you just keep it moving. Like, we used to, you know, um, I remember making my friend call out of work so we could play basketball. Um, but again, I think a lot of it comes back to this social media. Social media gives you uh, it's, it's so much. I don't even want to get into, you know, because everybody knows what that's like. But I think sports is a big one. Participation trophies where you know everybody gets a trophy for participating in kids sports back in my day grade school there was first second and third place and first and second place got a trophy third place got a ribbon you didn't want the ribbon <laughs> you threw the ribbon out because it was right. like yeah 
Um, but if you lost, you you took you had to learn to take that L. And then, you know, blue collar work sort of fell off. Um, I think a lot of media propaganda made um, blue collar work seem like it was lesser than and then white collar work was the way. So you don't have men working with their hands as much as they used to. And I was raised by a blue collar father and he used to take me on on his job. So I have a blue collar background. And my first job out of high school was a blue collar job. I worked at the Department of Public Works for the summer. And that was amazing. I don't even know why I became a white collar worker. I should have just stayed doing that because that was like you know, six and I was out by 2.30. I had the whole day to myself, you know? Those are great times. And I got great pay. Um, but I think, you know, sitting at the desk all day and not participating in sports is in social media and then access, access to sexual pleasure. You know, back in my day, you know, um, pornography, you know, you was a little boy, you had to look between the little scribbles in the screen to try and see a little, <laughs> a little something, something, you know what I'm saying? And now it's like, you know, that type of material is accessible in seconds. So you don't even have to try in order to get a nut, <laughs> you know, you could, and you can pick any woman you want in the world because they're accessible on OnlyFans. So then after you get that, that sexual pleasure satisfied, you know, what in your, what is going to drive you to actually desire a real woman when you've already been satisfied? So all these things are going to just lead to men sitting on the ass doing nothing and then you just get obesity. Right. So when I think of men's health, I mean, I think of health just across the board, right? So I'm looking at one, how you're eating. Two, I'm looking at how you're thinking. And then three, I'm living, I'm looking at how you're living. And I think a lot of people are unhealthy because their living is out of order, right? Mm -hmm. Their spiritual self is out of order hmm. in regard to purpose when you think about men's health how much does purpose and goals and having goals and being disciplined how much of that plays a part because i think people miss what you can gather from fitness when you see people having transformational stories it looks great, right? Their body looks amazing, awesome. But what really happened was they incorporated, one, some discipline, because it ain't happening, you know, from that. By incorporating the discipline, now they move into action. Now they see them get it done. And once you see yourself start to get things done, guess what happens? Confidence boost. That's something that can't nobody give you. Right. That that has the perspiration <laughs> precedes the confidence. So once the confidence comes, now you are convinced that I am him. I am her. Right. What what else can I do? I mean, it starts to it opens your mind to possibilities. And, you know, I have written on my mirror when I'm working out, feel the pain. Right? I said it this morning, I'm doing my squats and I slowed up on them like really. Like, I want you to feel, I want every cell in my body to feel the pain, right? And when I get to the breaking point or what I think is a breaking point, I want to keep going. So those type of things, what you really get out of how fitness has the ability to transform, you know, your life in regard to setting a goal and then seeing yourself get it done, I think 
where men are suffering is in the same way that women are suffering. We're not seeing ourselves get things done. So much information is online. So we're spending, I know, because I'm guilty, right? I got folders, I got videos, books, I done bought all types of damn courses. How much do you go through and complete, right? So now you become this information hoarder versus there is nothing that is going to supersede you putting in the work. So I think people are getting stuck because they're not moving. And the more they don't move, you feel worthless. You're seeing yourself operate beneath your potential, right? So the more I see myself operating as a loser, the more I get into, I slide into a depressive state. It almost feels like, what's the point, right? And now when I slide into a depressive state, I got to go to my vices. I need the porn. I need the ladies, many, all right? I need the sex. I need the drugs. I need the alcohol. And before I know it, damn, I done lost me. I don't even know who I am. I done gained 50 pounds. And it's so easy to gain. I mean, one pound a month for 12 mm. months is 12 pounds. You do that shit for, for five years and you gain 60 pounds. You can't even pass the stand up look down test. Fellas, listen, I'm calling you out right now. I'm calling you out. If your ass cannot stand up and look down and see that, that I won't. Going forward, we start in the month of June, right? The month of June. I think hoteps are calling it um, strong dad June. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Whether you actually have biological children or not, it don't matter. We putting you in there. Get in there. Yeah. You have an obligation like that should bother you. And this little tiptoe stuff that we doing, like we don't want to face reality. And and I was mm, well, I won't say who it is. <laughs> I was telling somebody. Like the fact that you got your fat ass on an airplane and you needed a seatbelt extender, that shit should burn. It, it mm. should ache in your soul that this is unacceptable. So I don't consider you healthy when you will accept less than your best. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. You said how you're living. What do you mean by like, you know, how somebody's living? How close are you to your center? So I'm always thinking about, so the eating, right? That's the body aspect, how you're eating, how you're thinking is the mind aspect, how you're living is that spiritual aspect. Mm -hmm. How close am I to my center? Because that is what keeps me in tune with my soul, what's most important. What I gotta be- What's the center? The center, your soul. Okay. Yeah. One in the same, your spirit man. I see what you're saying. I'm saying saying. home base. That's home base. Like you can do all of the things, but if you don't have a solid foundation at home, yeah, everything else crumbles, right? Yeah. And we are seeing that happen to people. I I love to. It's fascinating to watch people go after the things, the money. Even even the perceived ideal relationship, right? You get the things, you start to travel, right? You got options. You got the money is looking good. And yet, why are you still unhappy? And, and I'm not talking about superficial people who just tone death to, to <laughs> their heart and spirit, right? But I'm talking about, you know, folks, it's, you know, good-hearted folks can't figure out why am I still not satisfied? Because I am feeding everything other than my spiritual self. I'm feeding other thing, everything other than my soul. Mm. 
what profits a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul that's mm-hmm. what the book means i mean that's what the the good book means it ain't talking about just money itself is not a problem mm-hmm. money just going to expose who you really are mm. you see what i'm saying yeah so I think that's the problem that folks are having. And it doesn't matter if you're a man or it doesn't matter if you're a woman. I Let me see if I want to make this statement. I'm thinking is probably a little worse for the fellas because there's such an intense amount of pressure to be a man. Women, we can, we can have excuses. You know, we, somebody's going to feel sorry for us. We can put up a post that we done lost our job and we got kids and people, oh my God, girl. And they're going to send the money and, you know, God bless you. And women are going to be able to get support. A man is expected to figure out how to get it done. And I don't want to get off on a tangent here. Go on a tangent. But the weakest, <laughs> the weakest men that I have seen were in church. Oh, damn. Right. <laughs> and, and what I mean by that is. You see the air coming out of men, right? When, when, when you, anytime you go against your nature, right, you weaken yourself. And brothers, I know that you think you're being supportive of women, but when you support and enable bullshit coming from your woman, and, and the women in your life, because you want to, one, because you love them. Let's just say that, right? You do. You care about them. You're trying to, you know, listen to all the, you know, how we go on and on about everything. Like, yeah, babe. But you do it to the degree that it's, it's detrimental. So I just have seen so much in the church where the, the women would be out of order. But because the man had just gotten to a point to where he just, you know, he was quiet. He allowed her to do or say he went along to get along maybe so he could still get some ass I don't know um or at least get her to shut the hell up when they got in the car I don't know but if that was a winning formula why are so many men suffering and it's in relationships and out of relationships you see what I'm saying Mm. Mm. yeah black women control black men um that's a whole nother topic, man. I see a lot of that on the timeline where these fellas are simping and just excusing women for bad behavior. And I'm just like, but anyway. Um, so let me ask you I, this. Go ahead. Um, yeah, I I um I actually don't put any brain power to those problems. Not yet, at least. Um, I, I feel like I got other things to more i guess i'm i'm selfish what problems about what, I, what problems are these like what you're talking about what, like relationships between specifically um cuck black men and women oh and okay. and and the the domination of black women over conversations and politics and culture and how men really never step up and be like bitch you bugging you know what i'm saying um back in my day we had plenty of that so I, I i um i i i focus on things that are just more i guess and 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 you know joyful for me you know something that i enjoy speaking about you know, i guess bigger brain topics in some ways in some ways that's really big brain topic on how to resolve that but black community is pretty much um 
past the point of no return. Uh, but that's another story for another day. Uh, so let's talk about the center, right? Um, yeah, I, 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 I had an entertainment blog at one point and super successful. We're doing millions of hits a month. And that's really how I really like propelled myself, got the 50 cent situation moving and really, you know, broke inside the entertainment game. But um, being in an entertainment game, I saw a lot of demons, a lot of, you know, fake people, and it made me sick to my stomach. And then that's when I had like this awakening. And it was funny because I threw away all my clothes. I bought, I was started shopping at Indian shops and wearing like dashiki, but like the Indian version. And I just, I went off the deep end. Um, that's when I went vegan and, you know, did all of that. And, um, you know, I guess soul searching and then um, studying, you know, the soul and, and, and all of that. And um, now I'm at the point where, uh, you know, people say things like, you know, who type Jesus, you're so smart. You're so brilliant. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, if you only knew, like, I don't, I don't operate off of logic. I operate off of intuition and instinct, like 90% of the time. For example, like, you know, I got the Griff report. So when I'm choosing to, you know, put stuff in the Griff bag, um, my, I allow my intuition to tell me, you know, when should I move to the for you tab and when should I go to the live tab and, you know, when to open up Instagram to find content. And I don't think that stuff, you know, I get like these, um, flashes of, of insight. And um, that's how I operate. I operate off of flashing insight and, and pure instinct. And I save my brain for the tasks after the inspiration. And that's when I really use my brain to try and dissect the content. But Or when to stop dissecting the content is when instinct comes back in. Like, all right, you've thought about this enough. Move on, right? So finding your center is actually very prolific. And then it's like, it's like goals. So. Um, you'll find many people don't know what their life looks like. And um, there's this one dude I was talking to and he wanted to start up a men's group and rich guy, you know, millionaire, really successful. And um, so he's asking me questions about me trying to see if, you know, I would fit with the group. And he said, so, you know, what are your goals? And I was able to tell him all of my goals, like all the way up until the moment I died. And he was like, damn, like you really got your whole life mapped out. And I'm like, yeah. And, but I, when I speak to other people, I notice that they don't have that same thing, right? So for me, it's like, take master focus to a seven figure company, reinvest that into um, tech companies, take the tech companies, become a hundred millionaire slash billionaire, take that and start doing my philanthropy work, buy my island, do some things there as far as like philanthropy work, giving people a sanctuary, a way out of the matrix is basically what I'm saying on my dime. Um, and then being able to reintroduce them back into society. Um, and, and, and then, you know, um, some other things that I can't talk about, like political aspirations, right? Mostly because the beast is watching and I don't need the beast understanding, you know, or, or knowing my intentions or my plans. But I have, you know, those steps in line and um, I've had them for 
a really long time, at least a decade now. I knew exactly the path I was going down. So I think goals are are very important. And, um, you know, I think your goals should always be super high. Um, and, and then there's like different types of goals, right? Like there are what people will call unattainable goals. And then there's attainable goals. But I think the um, attainable goals are the steps to the unattainable goals, right? Like if I say I want an island, well, there's certain steps I got to do to get there. Like it's super attainable to build master focus to a seven, eight figure brand. It's attainable. That's not something that can't be done, right? So yeah, you know, that's, that's, um, but yeah, you know, like people just, they don't have goals, you know, they, they don't know what they but want. But how do you get life. there though? How do you get there? Like, how do you get from the sunken place that I've now first coming into realizing that, damn, I don't even know who I am as a man. Oh, I'm a sorry ass man. I ain't got no goals. Um, I'm in terrible shape. I, I'm not where I thought I would be. I really don't have anything. How do you move out of that to this place where you say, all right, I need um, to now do this? So I'll tell you my story, but to answer your question is you got to start saying yes to opportunities. So um, at one point I was about 125 pounds, emaciated. I was selling drugs, mostly that was just weed. Um, but I was doing that to pay the bills. Uh, really didn't know where I was going in life. You know, the, I was in the mortgage industry and that industry fell off. And I thought I was going to be doing that forever, or at least, you know, as a career until I got some of my entrepreneur stuff off the ground and that fell off. So my income took a hit. My life took a hit. I was emaciated. And then, um, I remember being, you know, staying at my friend's uh, house. I used to sleep on their couch. And um, I remember him walking in and he he saw I was reading like these self-help books, right? So I always tell people I read the 48 Laws of Power like four to five times. I used to take the train to work. I used to read the 48 Law, Laws of Power on the way to work. Um, and, and, you know, other like just, you know, think and grow rich, you know, these just random self-help books. And I remember him walking in and he was like, Yo, you always reading them self-help books, but you never going to be shit. And I remember looking up from the book and just looking at him and just like, why would you say that? And he used to read Harry Potter books. So I'm thinking to myself, like, I'm reading these books. You're reading Harry Potter. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be better off than you 10 years from now. And the line of work that we were in, we were in the restaurant business. Well, today he's still waiting on people. I stopped doing that. Shit, I can't remember. It's like over a decade ago, you know? So, you know, but it came down to, I didn't know where I was going, but I wanted to better myself. So I was educating myself and I was brainwashing myself with these books and understanding power and understanding the subconscious mind and auto suggestion. So I was educating myself. So I always tell people a portion of your day has to be dedicated to education. I think it goes like education, organization, execution, communication, and then like, I guess, uh, uh, audit. So these are like the, the five parts of your day and communication could be with your team, whatever, whatever. But anyway, coming back to the point, um, 
my homeboy Demick hit me up and he was like, yo, I'm going to Florida to shoot a music video. Do you want to come? And I'm like, bro, I ain't got no money. He like, yo, we driving, you good, we got you, whatever, whatever. And I was like, I thought about it. I'm like, yo, like I'm not doing anything else. And I just said, yes. Right. And that moment changed my entire life because we can't, we became a group from there. We started touring. We had success. I remember one of Lil Wayne's artists said he hadn't performed for a crowd more than 20,000 people until he was signed to Lil Wayne. We did that several times unsigned. Right. So we had this massive amount of success. I got a huge education on marketing, guerrilla marketing, branding, et cetera, et cetera, by doing it, public speaking, because we had to perform. I used to have stage fright. Um, and I got over that through that um, career. But, you know, you have to know, especially when you're down, you got to just start saying yes to opportunities. Uh, maybe not every opportunity, but most opportunities, you know, you just just say yes. You know, for example, I remember we shot a music video and um, I had invited a bunch of girls to be in the music video, really pretty girls. And um, one of them was my ex. And I was like, yo, you want to come through, do the video, da, 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 da. She's like, ah, I'll see. Then the music video came out and she says to me, damn, you could have got better looking girls. And I'm like, I asked you <laughs> and you said no, right? So what I started noticing even in the modeling world, I started noticing that the people who succeeded were the people who showed up and not necessarily the people with the talent or the most beautiful people. Mm -hmm. you, know, I, you know, I was working with a lot of different talent and I would notice that the most beautiful people were always the most fearful. They were always the ones who overthought everything like, oh, my hair's not done, so I'm not going to go or I don't have this, so I'm not going to go. You know, all these little things. I remember I was at a, a, a popping podcast once. I invited this chick to come through. She came through. She made one of the podcast hosts take her to the store so she can get some makeup or something like that. And then she came back and said, I'm not going to do it because I don't like the way my makeup looks. And I'm just like, other girls just <laughs> stood in front of the camera that, you know, right. came as they were and got their shine on and got their just do. So it's just like the most beautiful people in town, the people don't make it because of fear. It's the people who say yes and just go and just show up. Like, for example, um, Demick calls it cliffhanging, what we used to do. And I remember um, we had a show in Miami, big show. And, um, it, you know, I had $100 to my name, period. And we had, um, back then, Spirit Airlines was doing like $9 flights one way. So you had to find your way back, right? Mm -hmm. So we got a $9 flight there and a $9 flight back on spirit and um but you know you got to fly back on these off days mm -hmm. so we flew out on like a thursday the show was on a saturday but i was flying back like the next wednesday but we only had hotel money from the sponsor for friday saturday and sunday and my homies was leaving monday so how was I going to survive those last two days? I'm like, I'll just sleep in the, in, the, in the airport and just wait. And, you know, I'll figure I'll just starve. Like, I don't care. But I was not going to miss this opportunity. So we get there. We rock the show. And then some dude who owns the casino was like, he saw us in the club. He was like, yo, weren't you guys performing earlier? Like, yeah. He like, yo, I want to invest in y'all. 
So he took care of my hotel the rest of the time I was there, right? Like you don't plan right. for stuff that ha- right. to happen, but sometimes what happens is when you when you make decisions, the universe coordinates to make everything work. And I noticed that no matter what I did, if I just took that leap of faith, the universe just coordinated to make everything happen. And when I didn't take those opportunities, it seemed like the universe wasn't working in my favor. I was, it was, I was working against myself. So I would say, you know, you just got to start saying yes to opportunities, no matter how hard it may seem. Like I'll give you another story. Um, we, um, my, my little bro family, he a little pretty light skinned boy. So they had a, a fashion show at Macy's and, um, my my second mom says, Brian, you want to come with us? And I was like, yeah, I guess I'll just come. Right. And we were just going to support him. Well, you get there. He's only 16 and it's 18 and up. So moms was like, Brian, you do it. You cute go. <laughs> and I'm like, I ain't trying to be no model mom. She was like, you better go. I'm like, all right, fine. So I walked the runway. Da, 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 da. I didn't win. Okay. Didn't expect to win. I'm not that tall. I'm only like 5'10", 5'11", on a good day. So I'm at my job, barely making it. This is when I first started the mortgage industry. I had no money. And I get a phone call. They're like, yo, the dude who was going to do it pulled out, but you were the runner up. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Do you want to do it? Now I'm like, I'm counting my money. And I'm like, I got enough to get to New York. I don't have enough to get home. But I'm going. This is Russell right. Simmons. Da, 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 da. So I get there. I meet Russell Simmons. I get like two minutes with him in the back. He's like texting on his phone. And I asked him like, yo, how do I make it? And he was like, win the streets. That's what I'll never forget. He said, win the streets. And I knew what he meant right away. Mm-hmm. Like basically win the people and you're good. Right. So I walked the runway. And then after that, they have an after party. I get to the after party. Everybody's like, yo, you're the dude in the... And the what's the name? You had the serious face on. You killed it. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, I don't know. I was just winging it, whatever. And then I uh, got super drunk. I remember making out with some hot chick or whatever, whatever. And then I didn't have no way home. So um, somebody who saw me drunk on the sidewalk outside the club picked me up, put me in the car. And I remember looking <laughs> out the window like, oh, my God, because it's open bar. Definitely shouldn't have drunk that much. And they dropped me off in Newark. Now I'm about 40 minutes from Newark. So I got there and I, I convinced a cab to take me home and I'll pay you when I get there. But I had no money at my house. So I ended up having the cab drop me off on a parallel street and I hopped the fence of my ex-girlfriend's house because I was staying at my homie's house and they live right like behind each other. So I hopped the fence and then I went in, in my homie house and he was honking all night, whatever. I still feel bad about that. But the moral of the story is just go, right. just go. You'll, you'll figure it out. And I think so many people make excuses for not showing up because like, I don't have enough money. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. And it's like, yo, if you just go, the universe takes care of everything. Yo. You know, it's interesting. What I started to notice this natural separation that happened I think once I cross 30, 31 ish, and it was like a natural divide happened, or and maybe decline is the better word, where people who I knew were smart, 
I mean, we talked about goals and, you know, the dreams, all those sorts of things. And I knew they were capable people, right? Not talking about just idiots. The life just started to come out of them. And all of the possibilities started to wane. And the settle, like it scared the hell out of me. I think it's probably why I went, had a nervous breakdown <laughs> mm. at like 33. That was my nervous breakdown. Like, okay, it was the same feeling I had when I realized I had to get out of the country. Although I love growing up in the country, love all of what I got value-wise, character-wise, it was a trap. And I'm like, I got to get out of here. Even if I, you know, and feel a, some sort of inspiration to come back and do things. How am I going to help if we here together? If I'm sick, how am I going to help the sick? If I'm poor, mm. how am I going to help the poor? Mm. So it was that same feeling that you must get out now. And that, and as I was watching, I'm like, okay, damn, people are giving up. Like, how the hell do you get to a point to where you start giving up on life? Even at 30, even at 35, even at 40. Um, And so I'm... I'm wondering what, what's the difference? Like what, well, two things. I figure out what is so important about youth, right? Just what comes with youth, the need for youth, the need for wisdom, right? And the energy behind a young mind, right? The, the, the inspiration, the fearlessness, the man, yeah. right? You that part that yeah. for a young man now oftentimes it becomes destructive because we don't have the wisdom to direct it in the right way so what does a man need at 40 that's different at 20 or vice versa love you said love <laughs> yeah love that was gonna be my that was gonna be my my segue into that okay <laughs> <laughs> You know, because you spend your 20s full of lust. And sometimes lust is confused with love. Um, but yeah, you know, when you're 20, man, my friends, the way you should talk about me, they're like, bro, like you think you could just do anything. Like I remember um my homeboy was like, yo, how'd you start a record label? I'm probably like 20 at this point. I'm like, I just did. What do you mean? And I, I, they they were under this impression that like you needed permission from somebody or authorization right. from somebody to start a record label. And I looked at it like, now nah, I just need to get somebody in a studio. Right. <laughs> I just need an artist right. in a studio. Mm -hmm. I'll handle the rest, right? So we got an attorney, contracts. I built it from the ground up, right? So when you're young, and I had the energy, man, I was, I ain't need no sleep, man. I was moving, man. Mm -hmm. I was hustling. Um, but yeah, you know, once you hit like 40 and the wisdom sets in, um, you, you, you know, you, you got everything, right. You, you got everything, you know, you got the money, you got stability, you, you have a plan, you have goals, everything is starting to work itself out. You know, you're quote unquote successful. Um, like, you know, one phrase people say, they say is, um, I got to get my life together. I got to get my life together. And they say, Hotel Jesus, how'd you get your life together? And I always tell them, I said, there's no such thing as getting your life together. That's a lifelong journey. Because when I was 20, I was like, how do I get my life together? When I was 30, how do I get my life together? I'm working with 50 Cent talking about how do I get my life together? I'm at 42 now, got some modicum of success. And I'm like, 
how do I get my life together? <laughs> right? Like, mm-hmm. So it's a lifelong journey, but I don't have a lot of concerns that I had about in the past, especially money wise. Um, and I'm not rich, but you know, I've, I've made the right money decisions and now it's just like, um, you know, that, that last piece is missing, right? Like you, 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 um, you know, I guess you need like companionship, you know, things I told myself I didn't need. Um, but like, remember we talked about calcification before. So you calcify that and then it comes back and you calcify it again and it comes back until you reach a point where it's just like acceptance. It's just like, I have to accept that as a human being, companionship is something that makes us sane. And it, you see this in, in various you know, scientific experiments with animals and whatnot. So it's not something you can avoid. Um, and then you think about love and then it's just like, well, how do you define love? And it's like, you know, I think uh, uh, the the thing is, you know, love probably comes in in two ways, right? Giving and receiving. So do you know how to give and do you know how to receive? And I think if you've never received, it's it's hard to receive. And if you've never received, you don't know how to give it. Right. So there's there's always that that also that learning curve or sometimes you're given love, but the way the person loved you, they loved you how they thought was the right way to love you and not how you actually needed to be loved. So when you have these pieces missing from your life and, you know, you're now you're, you know, grown, you start to accept um, some of those pieces missing in your life. And you just like, I have everything but that. Right. And, um, you know, so then it's just like, you know, the, the calcification and then the breakthrough, the calcification and the breakthrough, it's just like this vicious cycle until you accept. And even in, in, in acceptance, there's still some form of denial, right? Because you've got to be alpha and you're masculine. And it's like, I don't need no love. I don't need no companion. I can do this myself. I don't need nobody, <laughs> right? And then you get what you want and you're still unfulfilled because it's just you <laughs> right right this is like so oh, what happens you. what happens like and some examples come to my mind of celebrities but since i don't know them personally i won't insert them what happens to a man when he's not loved what happens to his health what happens to his potential we know men can reach high heights but without that factor what does that look like um you could you could seek it out in the wrong places you could misinterpret it mm-hmm. you know you could you could misinterpret um affection as love um you know just because you know a person gives you affection doesn't mean they actually love you um sometimes the affection is just a, a form of con artistry um form of stealth um but you know you could become you could become cold. Um, but in my case, it's different because I'm a I'm a um a social media grifter. <laughs> so <laughs> so like I get love from my audience, right? So I'm fulfilled in that aspect. So it doesn't affect me as much as if I was at a white collar job and I didn't have it. Like, where would you get? 
attention from? Where would you get love from? Right? Like, I don't, you know, I was suicidal when I worked for, you know, when I worked on, on the 50 cent project, I remember sitting on the 25th floor, like, yo, I should just jump. Meanwhile, I had the most money I had ever had most success. My dream came true. Here I am. But it was like, with success, I, I lost my personal life. You know, um, I was alone. I was alone. That was the first time in my life. Well, not first, but first time in my adult life, I really felt alone. Uh, my friends had abandoned me out of jealousy because their dream was to be in the music industry and I had achieved it before them. Um, my love life was in disarray because I was hanging out with hot chicks all the time. And so then like trust was just down the tubes and, and the relationship was poor even before that. Right. So it was just like, everything was just not clicking. Um, but meanwhile, I had this massive amount of success. So like, so, you know, what comes of a man when he doesn't have that stuff, you know, you, you, um, you can have a lot of anxiety. Um, and if, and if you're going to, if you're going to, you know, make it through anxiety and not be suicidal, you calcify everything, you calcify emotions and you, and you hide them. But the the funny thing is like, when, when you have that moment where the calcification breaks and it's just like, you're just like, you know, you're just like down, you're just like defeated, just like, damn, I do need that. Right. And that's just a, I don't know how to describe that, that moment or that feeling. Um, but then you just recalcify and just like <laughs> back to the hustle. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know. I think you just, um, I think it's for, for, for many men, it's going to manifest in different ways. It could be unhealthy. For example, you know, it's like, uh, you know, one good girl's worth a thousand bitches. Right. So if you ain't got a good girl, you got a thousand bitches. <laughs> so it's like, you know, to fill that void, you, you deal with a lot of women, right? You know, like this one satisfies me in this way. And this one satisfies me in that way. And this one satisfies me in that way. But none of them, you know, reaches your center, right? It's all just cope. It's all like a drug, you know, like you do drugs and you're addicted to them, but they don't really like fix the problem, right? So you cope and then and that's when you end up with, you know, a whole bunch of women in your life and you just like, you're still not happy, right? You're, you're happy the moment, like, you know, and you're not even happy when you're with them. You're like, you're like, I don't want to be here. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you like, like you cool, shorty, but I don't like you like that, you know? Right. And, and if you spend too much time with, with that person, like more than 24 hours, um, you just want to go, you just want to leave. You're just like, I just want to get back on the flight and go back to my office and work. Right. Um, yeah. You just like, 
they become annoying too. Cause they're like, they're all into you and, and, and you just, you know, you don't feel the same. So now they just become annoying and it's not to their fault. Like you kind of feel bad because they're like all into you and you're just like, I thought I was into you, but really it was just cope. So yeah, right. you could have unhappy, you could have unhealthy relationships with women that way too. When I, when I think about, um, one of the transformations I had, one of many, when I finally felt like I was breaking out, right? I struggled with the idea of, when I say breaking out, I mean, breaking out of the world's expectation of me and anything that came with that. And that, and that include everybody and family, friends. Um, I'm free now. Like I've released a beast and I'm gonna let this sucker run wild. Now, at a certain point, wisdom said, you can't just release the beast. That was not the intention. The beast has to be released and then it has to be tamed. And I struggle with the idea of me being obligated to do anything, me having a duty to do anything. Like, why? Like, I don't own my shit. <laughs> right? But I've, I've learned that as a woman, I have a responsibility. I have an obligation to love and to give and to nurture and to create and to inspire what would you say men's obligation is to the world if anything mm. shut the fuck up and work <laughs> you know stop complaining um you know um I hate to use this word because it's so cliche, but bravery. Let right? me let me insert this real quick. Mm -hmm. What's his what's his obligation to himself and then the world? Because I think that's that's most important. Damn. See, maybe it's just me, but I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't feel obligated to myself. I feel obligated to the world. Like I sort of put myself second, like I prepare myself in various ways mm -hmm. so I can serve the world. But the way I'm hardwired, for example, the way I'm hardwired is let's say we're in two situations, right? Somebody comes up and they smack me in the face. Right. And I'd be like, well, that was kind of fucked up. Why are you angry? Right. But if you smack my homie, now I got to right. put hands and feet on you. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> you right, know, like, right. mm -hmm. that's how I'm wired. Where, like, you could do whatever you want to me. I'm not going to be affected. But, like, if you hurt somebody close to me, I snap. Like, I got, like, a, I don't know, it's a twitch. It's a reflex. Like, ha! <laughs> like, right. like, you about to get got, bro. So, I don't really, like, have many obligations outside of what I've logically told myself is necessary, like maintaining my health and maintaining, uh, well, just maintaining my overall health, right? And maintaining, having a healthy mindset, maintaining. But a lot of that stuff is just like routine for me now. It's just practice, right? Like things I do is just, it's, it's, it's just routine. It's a habit, right? So, um, and, and that, I think that's another key for men is like, you know, having the, the that's probably the obligation right there is, you know, forming your habits, 
because habits become routine and routine becomes the man, right? The routine makes the man. So, um, you know, if you want to take care of yourself, you got to focus on your habits. What are your habits? And I got a video too about quality of thought, like having a good, pure thought process. You know, what are you thinking about? And the more you like audit these thoughts, the less bad thoughts you have, right? Because some people say things like, you know, the things I think about, I could never tell people in the world. And I know exactly what they're talking about. Like, you could be like evil thoughts that you have, you know, for example, um, some people say things like, um, you know, when I get rich, I know exactly who I'm going to shit on. And I'm thinking, well, I'm going to get rich. I know who I'm going to help. Right. Right. I don't, I don't keep um, space in my mind for people I don't like that space is reserved for people I do like. So this is like this whole quality of thought that you got to like audit and, and, and be aware of. And what I noticed is the, the more I purified my thoughts, the less negative thoughts I had. I didn't want to do bad things to people, you know? Um, and then now those thoughts just don't appear because I'm, you know, sort of conditioning myself. Um, but the obligation men have to the world is bravery. Like that's like, top of the pile because just men just they're cuck they're afraid to speak their mind they're afraid to stand up for what they believe in and that's how the world got formed today because all the masculine men died in war so the only thing that was left was bitch assness right um you know like when you look at france and they say oh frenchmen are always short well it's because they sent all the tall guys off to war so the only thing that was left was small guys right and um, now I don't know if there's a scientific fact. It's something I've read somewhere at some point, and it might have some truth to it. But the lesson is still there where you pull the masculine man in a society and you, you know, send them to war, you send them to jail. Like I always say with the black community, I'm like, you know, our military might is in jail. Our masculine energy is in jail because it takes a lot of bravery to be a fucking cocaine drug dealer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I ain't built like that, you know? Um, and mostly I'm not built like that because I'm afraid of how good I'll be at that career and the person I become if I was that person. Like, I don't think I could, like, I think I'd be so good at being a cocaine dealer that I'd be a murderer. I I would I would eliminate right. my comp. I would anybody who came in the way of my business. I would eliminate, and I'm afraid of becoming that type of person. So I'm not built to do that because I'm afraid of. And I think everybody has that in them. Everybody has like that shadow personality, right? And it's like, do you want to go into that shadow personality and be that? Um. So, you know, um, it takes a level of bravery to say, I'm not going to be that person. Right. And I'm going to do the, 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 the right thing. Um, even though it's harder, cause it's, it's, it's a lot harder to make it the slow way than it is the fast way. And in some ways, like I was talking to my homie, he just survived the streets and he's really successful now. And he was talking about how it's actually harder to go to street life just because of the long-term effects of it all. Right. Um, but yeah, overall, like bravery is a huge issue. You know, men are just, it, like going back to what we were saying before, black men and black women in the community, it's just like, it's just like, it's coolie 
on the timeline and ZV Bear. Like those are the dudes <laughs> who come to the timeline, speak their mind, cause havoc. And when people come after them, they just retweet them and laugh about it. Right. And it's just like, so ZV Bear is an account where he glorifies white women, a black guy that glorifies white women. Now, I don't agree with that, but his bravery, I got to respect because the cancel mob is going to come for you. Right. Mm -hmm. And he's also like, like a conservative troll where he just talks about how great Trump is and how bad the left is. So I appreciate him for those takes too. And Coley does the same thing. He trolls a lot and he has a lot of controversial opinions and he's a gang member um, who's left that life, but still, you know, you never really lead a gang, but he said controversial things that, would get the ordinary person canceled, but because he's Cooley and a gang member, you can't say nothing. You can't right. say, oh, you shouldn't vote for Trump to Cooley. He gonna be like, yo, pull up. Put your hands up. What are you gonna say to that, right? <laughs> you can't, you, now right. you gotta put fist. you know what I mean? So the problem is men are too afraid when we look at the, the, the pandemic. Where were the men to stand up and say no to their family? No, don't do this. No, don't take that inoculation. No, we're not going to do that as a family. No, you better not do that. Like, that's another thing that's in, the, in my book, The Unbreakable Rules of Masculinity. Learn how to tell a no. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> hey, if you caught in a woman, you need to figure out as early as possible. You need to, you need to tell her no at some point as early as possible. Because so many men just like... Just go along with the program. You At some point, you'd be like, no, that's bogus, lady. What are you talking about? But men just lack bravery, man. They just, they're just all cucked and simped out. And really, I like that's that. just... Yeah, bravery. I like that. I, yeah. I like that. I think that sums it up. That covers everything. Right? It covers everything. Yeah, it covers everything. So last question. You have sons, right? Yeah. So thinking about... And I like, let me insert this real quick. As you all are well aware, the rainbow month is June, right? Now, I didn't, I don't know why they need a rainbow month because every damn month is rainbow month. And I'm just saying, we, you know how we operate, right? We don't have a problem with anybody, any adults choosing to live however they want to live, right? We got that. We cool on that. But let's not play the game like we don't know what's going on. Let's not let's not act like we don't know what's being pushed intentionally. It's not an organic movement that's happening, right? So, Hotep Nation said, "F all that, right? We're gonna co-opt it, and it, and we we're <laughs> it's gonna be strong dad June moving forward." And I like that. And what I mean by that is, folks, we talk about this all the time. Stop sitting around bitching about stuff. Stop sitting around complaining about stuff. I talked about this yesterday. All of us with some sense, we are to blame, right? Those who are operating in love, those who are in great relationships, those who are building healthy families, you sit back and allow, just like you did with all that nonsense in the last three years, you sit back and allow the fools, right, to get in the driver's seat. And as they drive the shit off the cliff, right, it's like, oh, I don't know what's happening. This is getting, things are getting worse. Instead of inserting yourself 
And this, this would be my beef with the fellas is insert yourself. Man, if that's what you're saying you are, I'm not interested in you getting on a podcast telling me anything. Insert yourself in the world. Make your presence known. Make it felt. Then, then, <laughs> then I'll be willing to listen to whatever it is that you're, you're saying. So when it comes to raising boys, when it comes to young men, like what are you teaching your sons and they're teenagers right so habits routines like what is important for you in regard to teaching them about how to maintain health as a man so i exist to create and protect love and power i understand that none of these are possible without pain and work I invite pain. I smile at pain. I love pain because on the other side of pain is love and power. So I have them recite that um, because I want them to be accustomed with pain because something that's unavoidable. And, um, you know, something I tell them is you either inflict pain upon yourself or life will. Right. So if you don't, go through you know, brain conditioning, body conditioning. When you get out on that field and you play those sports, somebody's going to body you and you're going to be like, I wish I prepared. Now you on your ass and it hurts. Now you right. feel in the pain. But had you prepared and built the strength of your body and you knock them over, they're the ones feeling that pain. Um, if you don't prepare your mind, which is painful, right? It's a struggle to prepare. Like I told people, I told you, I hate reading, but I read more books than most people do, right? And people think I love reading. I don't. I, it's a task, but it's a pain that I must feel. Otherwise, when I go on these podcasts, I'm going to sound like an idiot. And I don't want to sound like an idiot. But the boys have to prepare their mind because if they don't, you'll be, you know, some low life plumber. You know, am I talking? Because there's a lot of great plumbers, but there's low life plumbers, the guys that can only, you know, come and take the shit out the toilet, right? Right, right. They can't run the pipe in your house. Um, so, you know, you have to sit down and you have to do those studies. You have to feel that pain. Otherwise, you'll be working at Target in the tuck section. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't want that life, right? So, right. Um, but I also tell them, you know, you exist to create and protect love and power. So I want them to not run from love, but understand that love is to be protected. You know, love of self, love of family, love of your woman, you know, love of your passion, your craft and all of that. But also I want them to understand power. You need power. You know, power is freedom. Some people say, you know, what do they say? Um, the, um, the the liberty no um when they say with the it, not emancipation what's the word they use the black community liberation there we go we need liberation and i'm like yeah other you know liberation comes with power right. but then you say power and they go oh you want to be the white man and my response is yeah I, <laughs> I want the white man's power however you perceive it is on you right. but i perceive it as at some point that power 
was in the hands of the Songhai Empire or the Mali Empire or the Comitian Empire. There was some empire that held power. Right now, that power is basically divided up into three worlds, China, Europe, and the Arab world. Like these are the three major powers in the world. But in the Western world, it's European power, which is the white man. Now, how you choose to conduct your power is on you. The white man chooses to conduct his power in nefarious ways. Now, just because I say I want the white man's power doesn't mean I'm going to conduct my power in the same exact way. I will use my power to help people. They use their power to control people. So I want them to understand that power is not something to be feared. It's not a bad thing. It's something that that liberates you. And if you don't want power, then you want to you want somebody to have power over you. So I teach them love, power, pain, passion, um, and and discipline, um, routine of things, um, you know how to how to you know how to power through um, pain, right? So you know you're on the field because they play sports. You're on the field. You get tired, bro. You got power through that. Your muscles are sore. You got to power through that. What do you mean your muscles are sore? You know, like my son said to me, he played a game a couple of weeks ago. And he said, I don't know why coach held me out the game so long. I said, well, why'd you go out? He said, I told him I needed a rest. I was like, <laughs> what? Back you in want my a rest? <laughs> All right, I'll give you a rest. <laughs> <laughs> Word. You know, and he's like one of the best, if not the best player on the team. But the coach probably interpreted as you just don't want to play because back in my day, you pretended you weren't tired because you didn't want to come out of the game. You know, right. you you acted like you wasn't tired. But there's new crap with kids, you know, social media, you know, these suburban kids, whatever, whatever. They just cut from a different cloth. So I'm trying to tell him, like, bro, you got to power through that. And I told him, like, yo, you a bitch. I told him straight up like that. You a bitch. And he looked at me like damn dad like like no you a bitch like I, I wish I would like ask my coach for a rest like where they do that at you know and he said oh my muscles are sore so like and he the light-skinned one you know how these light-skinned motherfuckers is built so um you know um I was just, you know pretty boy shit you know so you know I told him man like you know you gotta power through that pain you know so pain love power and um yeah, pain, love, and power, man. Pain, that's what I try to, yeah, that's what I try to um, instill in them. I think that, I mean, that, hell, you get that, that covers it. And I think so. No, I think so. Yeah. And, and fellas, I'll tell you this. Hell, the, the Hotel Ten Commandments, I think, does a good job, right? Yeah. I, one, I am independent and self-sufficient. Mm -hmm. I am not one for excuses. I am eating to live, not living to eat. Okay. I am, you know, I love that one. I am completely and totally present. I'm an explorer of my soul. Now, you know, right there, hell, we could stop right there, right? But I'm a speaker of joy and short with my tongue. I'm a speaker of truth. I'm a servant to the elderly and the youth. I'm a servant to my community. I'm a master of law and finance. Fellas, you get, you master those, those commandments. That? No, you know, 
who don't know the 10 hotel commandments? <laughs> I, I don't. I wrote them and I don't know. Who don't, hold, who don't know the 10 hotel commandments? <laughs> Damn. Oh, oh now? Shit. <laughs> so, I mean, we hitting all the bases though. So yeah. I just imagine men, the first thing you got to put in your heart and in your mind and in your spirit, probably number two needs to be number one. What's I am two? not one for excuses. Oh, yeah. Because it's hard to move with excuses. So wherever you are in your process, you got to look, lay that shit out, right? Whether, whether it's your health, high blood pressure. Let me tell you something. You get your ass on them blood pressure pills, you know what's coming next, right? Rectile dysfunction. It's downhill from there, right? It's, it's this little gateway. They, they reel you in through high blood pressure. That starts causing other issues. Now you got to bring in erectile dysfunction, dysfunction medicine. And then guess what? That puts you at risk of heart attack and stroke, mm. right? So mm. being serious about where you are, you know, if you eating well, you know, if you know, you're doing a lot of drinking or smoking or whatever it is, this ain't about telling you what to do. You as a man have to determine what is best for you. I know, like, I don't have a taste for alcohol. I, I, I It just hit me that it didn't just hit me. But when it did hit me, I'm like, why you drink? I hate it. It tastes horrible. I hate the way I feel after I do it. So I don't see any benefit in doing it, right? That's so personal. Other people are like, listen, I don't have a problem with it, Rook. I do it from time to time. You know, overall, I take care of my health. Right either way, baby. Figure out what works for you, but most importantly, establish where you are, what is not working for you. If you want a woman, just like I tell the ladies, damn it, you better say so. You want a wife, you better say so. You better let that be known. And how do you do that? Desire. And desire is not, no, no, let me reframe that. You have to seek. What does seek mean? Seek does not mean go looking for something that does not exist. Because that energy says, I am lacking. Law of attraction says, cool, let's give them more of lack. The energy behind seeking, seek means to desire. So if you stay in a place that I don't need these things, right? I don't need the money. Look at them, them niggas think they, you know, all, I don't need all that. You know, I'm a blue collar man. That's fine, whatever, cool. That's what works for you. But if you know in your heart and your desire that that's what it is that you want, then let it be known. Listen, this is where I would like to move myself financially. This is where I would like to move myself in my health. This is where I would like to move myself in life. I want to play a little small. I want to play a little big. Figure out what works for you. And for the God's sake, stop blaming women. There is no, if you really are after a valuable woman, the biggest turnoff, you want to dry up the cooch the quickest is start blaming women. Coming online, talking about Y'all recording like your L's and posting them. Oh, <laughs> do you have any friends? My God. <laughs> yeah, I could never do that. I could never, <laughs> I could happening? take the, I could take the biggest L from a chick. I will never post it online. Fellas, listen, if That's no one else says it, real talk, we do need you. Ladies, you can get caught up in all the nonsense. I got every reason to dislike men if I wanted to. Every, starting with my father. <laughs> if I wanted to. But you know what I did recently? I never had any issues. I just didn't go through that part that a lot of people experience when they don't know their father. Like hatred and just bitterness. I was just like, but damn. 
Some people got a birth father in their life. Some people don't. And I just moved on. I mean, but I intentionally sent out love. I was just kind of going through a process of meditating and like, brother, I need you to know you are me and I am you. I cannot hate that which I am. Like, so even if you're somewhere in your life and I don't know if you're still living or not, but if you are somewhere in your life, I need you to feel love from this. I don't know where your mind space is. Do you have guilt? Do you have regret? But either way, from this side, it's all good. That was my path. That was the route that I chose. That was the channel that I said that I was going to come through. You understand what I'm saying? So ladies, releasing all of this hate and anger for men and buying into the narrative that all men are this or all men are that. And you know what? I'm willing to accept that if you're willing to accept that women are all this, all women are this, and all women are that. You understand what I'm saying? We got to work collectively in this thing. And we all play a part in each other's healing. Nobody talks about that. Merging together, what that does to the heart, to the mind, and to the soul. So, fellas, there's still a lot of great things out here. The world is your oyster. You got to decide. You decide to be a loser, then fine. I would make one request. Could you be quieter with your loserness? Is all we would ask. Just a little bit quieter. <laughs> Keep it down. <laughs> yeah, just, just a little bit. <laughs> you a little loud. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Much appreciated. Thanks for hanging out with me. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. Find a good brother, hotepjesus.com, YouTube, Rumble. He's everywhere. Just put his name in. He got a lot of great interviews out there so if you're interested in digging more into his background do so wherever you are make sure you check in yourself all right that's all i got for you good people until next time peace